Good evening. I'd like to begin by expressing my sincere gratitude to the leadership of this church for allowing me to bring God's word on this special and important occasion. Let me say something about um, Eastern Province. I pastoring Calvary Baptist Church where a number of uh, leaders in this church have come from. Toko himself is one of them. And so we've come a long, long way. And I also know that you have some work which you are uh, supporting and the missionary pastors there. Uh, the work is growing. We are trying to penetrate into the Nyau cultural area to try and demolish that. And um, we give thanks to God that um, a week ago we had a camp in Eastern Province youth camp with 120 campers. I think that was a great, great opportunity. And uh, we will be having the ladies rally which will be held at uh, Nimba. All the ladies in Eastern Province are meeting at Nimba uh, from the 28th to the 29th. And then we will have the Eastern Province rally in October, uh, from 23rd October to the 26th, uh, you will do well to pray for us. But um, to crown it all, we will have the pastors fraternal with our wives in November. And so that will be the conclusion of the pastors' activities in Eastern Province. Let me invite you to turn with me to the book of Acts and chapter 6, and we read verses 1 to 7. Acts chapter 6, we read verses 1 to 7. Uh, before I'm also accused, I've come with my wife. She's in the audience. <laughs> yeah. uh, Acts chapter 6 and verses 1 to 7. Now, in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and save tables. 
Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, Phil, Proconsulus, Nicanor, Timoni, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that may you open our hearts and give us understanding of your word, which is spiritually descent. With our finite mind, we cannot understand unless God the Holy Spirit himself illuminates our minds. Aid your servant who brings this word that he might do so under the inspiration and guidance of God the Holy Spirit. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Three weeks ago, our church, at our church prayer meeting, a brother shared a request about KBC. He said to us, let's pray for KBC who will be meeting to know the mind of God as to whether they should add some men to the office of the diaconate. And we joined hands and prayed for KBC as you were meeting to uh, confirm that these men are supposed to save the Lord here. But little did I know that I would be present to witness the setting apart of these men and to be part of the answered prayer by the Lord that these are the men that he wants to save here. The Lord heard our prayer. Brother Kavanda, 
The Lord heard our prayer. Toko. The Lord heard our prayer. Biri. And it is for this reason, brethren, that I would like to share this evening about the necessity of the, of the diaconal office. The necessity of this office in the light of the church. And I would like us to remind each other of three important things about this office. The first one, the reason for its establishment. Second one, the requirement for those called to this office. And thirdly, the result of, of having saving deacons in the church. The result of having functional deacons in the church. Oh, the result for having, as having established this office. After the Lord, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the proclamation of the word of God in the early church advanced greatly. A number of disciples increased. A number of people were converted. We have the record there. 3,000 souls added to the church. The increase in number of convents created two problems which threatened the unity of the church and the advancement of the work of God. There arose complaints and murmuring by the Hellenists. The Greek-speaking Jews who felt that their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of materials by the Hebrews. This threatened the unity of uh, the church and the effective ministry of the word. And so the apostles summoned the multitude of the people there and said to them, it is not desirable that we should leave the ministry of prayer and of the word and concentrate on the saving of tables, attending to the widow's needs. Seek from among you seven men, whom we will appoint over the business, but we ourselves will concentrate on the ministry of the word and prayer. 
we see consensus here. We see consensus here. Involving all the other disciples. I think if the elders at KBC wanted, or they would have just picked these men, ordained them here, uh, leaders, work among us. They didn't do that. They involved the church. They knew the people they were saving. Consensus is very important. And we have been charged here by elders, pastors, that we also may rally behind these men. Why am I saying so? It is us, the members of the church, who tear leaders in the church and make them ineffective in the church by the things we see. And we don't even pray for them, but we tear them apart more than we pray for them. The necessity of this office in the life of this church cannot be overemphasized. The word deacon, as you might know, it's derived from a Greek word, diakonos, which simply means servant. And I want to be quick and say this, that these men as servants of Christ. These men are servants of Christ. And the office they are coming to, it's an office of service. It is an office of service. As we have already noted, that uh, it was established to relieve the elders and pastors of their administrative duties, of saving tables. So deacons are principally ordained to unburden the pastors and the elders. of those hanging responsibilities so that the pastors and the pastor and elders may concentrate on the ministry of the word and prayer. Deacons operate under the direction of the elders. Please note that these deacons, as I've said, they are not your servants per se. They are servants of Christ. One church that I attended 
There were some young deacons who were appointed. And there were some big men who were managers in some offices somewhere. And they came and called all the deacons and started parading them in the church, telling them, can you see these cobwebs? What are you doing, you young men? There cannot be cobwebs in this. And one would wonder, if you have seen the cobweb, why don't you remove it? And you want to call a deacon because he's your servant. Oh, friends, I want to say that they are servants of Christ. They are servants of Christ. Not to be commanded by every Jim and Jack. Can, can you get the broom? And they have wives as well. They need respect. They need to be. They are young. Yes, they are young. But they need to be respected. They are saving the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, on the other hand, no one should be brought into this office who doesn't possess the qualification to this office. No one should be brought into this office because you will hinder the work of God. You are servants of Christ, called to save Christ to his glory and honor for the good of the church. And this leads me to consider the requirement of those called to serve in this office. What is the church here looking for in you people who have been called to save here at KBC? I'd like to talk about three areas under the spiritual, personal, and family. On the spiritual part, please note that these men were not picked from the streets. They were picked from among us. Even as the apostles were able to say, pick seven men from among you. They are men we have known. They are men we all have said they are able to say we've seen some spiritual gifts in them and so they've been picked from among us in other words they've been saving already but now they will save in their official capacity what are the spiritual qualifications for them. We see them in the text that we have read together, Acts chapter 6, verses 3 to 5. Therefore, brethren, seek 
out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. First and foremost, they are men full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they are believers. They are Christians. And that's why they were picked from among us. Because Romans chapter 8 tells us this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. These men are Christian. They are children of God. And they have the gift of the Holy Spirit living in them. Controlling them. Without that, they cannot be appointed to this position. Without that. If they are not believers, they cannot be appointed. And I know that the elders have tested them. And they know that these are men led by the Holy Spirit. And they are, they should manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit as they render service in this church. The one that we have in Galatians 5, 22. They must manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They must exhibit that. They must exhibit that. They must manifest that. Brethren, brothers who have been justified, self-control, your self-control will be tested as you work with the church of God. We are men of different temperaments. Your self-control will be tested. Whether you are truly laid by the Holy Spirit or not. These are men who must have a passion for the lost souls. And sometimes when I think of the way we tend to talk about the office of deacons, we tend to look at them as people who will always save tables and the rest that to do the donkey job that anyone else cannot do. No. I want to say this, that their primary role is to see to it that the mission of the church is fulfilled. Whatever job that they will do in this church, it will all be for the mission of the church to be fulfilled. That's why they are here. 
the early church we are told, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Their primary task is to see to it that souls are getting saved. In fact, that's the reason why even the office of diaconate was established. So that we don't concentrate on saving tables and abandon the ministry of the word. The ministry of the word is primary. And we must see souls getting saved. That is their primary purpose. What is the other spiritual qualification? Oh, we are taught here they must be full of wisdom. And where will they get this wisdom from? Oh, scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom. These are men who will be handling finances for this church. They must look after God's money with wisdom. They must not spend God's money carelessly. They must know this money is spent for missions. Is this money is spent for good use? That the work of God may not be static. The work of God may advance further. That is where the money will be spent. There must be men of wisdom. But there must also be men full of faith as we are taught in this text there must be men who must trust in God they must put their confidence in God a deacon must have an unwavering confidence in God he must be basically sound in both beliefs and character and behavior. A deacon must understand the fundamentals of our Christian faith. I must understand that and must obey the doctrines of our Christian faith with a good conscience. And this is what we are taught in the text that was read to us in 1 Timothy in chapter 3 where we get the qualification. We are taught there what is expected. But I just want to draw attention to verse 9 of 1 Timothy chapter 3. Listen to what it says. Holding the mystery of faith with a pure conscience. 
There are people that sometimes enter into the, this office of deacons. All they know is to just be running up and down in church. Doing all sorts of issues. Anything to do with faith and other spiritual things. They don't want to be involved. Oh, they can come to church. Preaching is going on. They are just running up and down. And they go back home. No, 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 no. I think there must be men of faith who will long to be in church and hear the gospel preached. Not just running up and down. Others even taking their children just to be playing with their children outside when the message is being preached. No. You know, it's, yes, we know it is saving tables. But there is a faith component to it. It's very, very important. You must hold the mysteries of faith with a pure conscience. And sometimes I've said to my fellow leaders in Chipata, I've said that if we go for a meeting, perhaps a seminar, and people don't come for that seminar, what I will expect is all the leaders Deacons and elders must be there unless they are providentially hindered. They must take a leading role in faith matters. Because the moment you start staying at home, you are setting a wrong precedence. And the members begin to say, I mean, deacons don't attend. We can as well stay away. you will be setting a wrong precedence. Let me talk about some personal qualifications very quickly. As we see them again in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 18 to 8 to 10. We told there that the, you must be worthy of respect. Men of a honest report both in church at home and at work there must be men with a proven Christian record not men who can easily be charged with condemnation by the people that we interact with. And they see what you do with them. And when they look at that, they say, I cannot go to the church that this guy goes to. But by our conduct, we must draw these men to church. They would want to know the God that you believe in. Oh, we are told here in verse 8 that 
you must be truthful. Not double-tongued, speaking one thing here and something else. You know, members in the church have many ways of dividing the leadership. The elders may say, we want you to do this. And you begin to do it. And one of the members will come to you and say, why are you doing this? Kaya, it's the elders. No. You are a leader. You must be able to defend it. Kaya, it's not us, the deacons. Mm? Why are you doing it? Do you agree with it? Why didn't you ask the elders? Why are we doing it? And you are there, Kaya. And the news now spreads among the members, Kaya, my elders. And the, it begins brewing. A team begins to build up against the members, and they only wait for one day, members meeting with their ammunitions loaded for that meeting. Who caused it? A deacon who said, Kaya. What the leaders agree on, we must hold on to it and maintain the unity of the body of Christ. Self-control is a virtue, one of the fruit of the Spirit. Financial discipline you are brought into this office because they have confidence that you will handle the resources of this church. You are not here for financial gain. Tithes and offerings, that is not your money. It's the Lord's money. Using it for personal use is, is tantamount to stealing from the Lord. Must be financially disposed. In short, I'm saying resist that temptation. Resist it. Family maintain domestic order. Oh, I was very, I was, I'm very happy to hear the way they were talking about their wives. I'm looking forward to meeting. <laughs> so, it's like they are working together already with their wives, and their wives are supporting them. I feel greatly encouraged. Feel greatly encouraged. And I want to say that if they can't come through you, they'll come through your wives. And they will start through your wives. And others would want to get information from your wives. But your wives must know the office that you are saving. And must be slow to speak and quick to listen. And I want to say this 
don't brush them aside when they come to you and tell you ah have you seen this i say that's not your job it's a deacon's work uh-uh listen from them listen from them you may not know what is boiling there but they know and so when they advise and say hey listen it's very very important i'm speaking this from experience it is demanded that both the husband and the wife be godly as they support you in these matters in order for you to save the lord in this ministry well let me move quickly to the results of and benefits of the saving deacon we've already said listen to verse uh, let me take you back to acts chapter six and verse seven listen to what it says there then the word of god spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in jerusalem and the great many of the priests were obedient to faith now this happened when the office of deacons was set up this was the result the word of god spread the number of disciples increased and great many the and a great many of the priests were obedient to faith or oh, what are we being taught here i think what we're being taught here is with the addition of these three men we expect things to move further at kvc it's not only one three men of valor we expect things to move further we expect more souls to be saved we expect this church to be fully packed we expect a smooth running of the church because three men have been added and the pastors and elders will be relieved of the tasks that drain their energy so that they can concentrate on the ministry of the word and prayer if that doesn't happen then we have a malfunction diaconate you have not put in your very best the word of god must advance 
people must be obedient to faith. In other words, they will be looking at you as models and following your footsteps. Two, three people will follow your footsteps and will see many getting obedient to the word of God. As you join this team and the needs of the church are many. And because you have come in, this one will take this, the other one will take the other. There will be no murmuring in the church. There will be no grumbling that things are not moving. Why? Because we have men who will be able to handle these affairs. I don't want to scare you, but um, to prepare you for the task that is ahead of you. Oh, let me bring some, perhaps some encouragement to you that there is a great benefit to you saving in the diaconate. There's great benefit for you to save as a deacon. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, the one that we read earlier, and verse 13, I want to bring to you some, one great benefit from there. Verse 13 tells us, for those who have saved well as deacons obtain themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Oh, what is that saying to you? What that is saying to you that deacons who save well obtain favor from the Lord. They obtain favor from the Lord. The Lord will reward you for your faithful service. The Lord does not overlook the good that you do. He doesn't. Man will forget, but God doesn't. Oh, that's what we are told in Hebrews. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. Perhaps we start from verse 9 for our encouragement. And this is not only for these men, but for the others as well. That you might know this. Verse 9. Beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Oh yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. 
We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Oh, the encouragement is this. You are servants of Christ. Save the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not overlook the work that you do. He will reward you when he comes. Many of the members in the church do not know what leaders go through sometimes. You do not know what leaders go through. Their wives have a preview to that. But the rest of the members may not know what things that the leaders struggle with to make this church move forward. The encouragement is this. The Lord does not overlook the good that you do, the labor, and the ministry that you have. Sometimes you have to go off your way to a different place. And your wife is alone at home, waiting for you to come. Amen, wives. <laughs> you know, the wives are saying, where is he? Where is my place in this marriage? Don't I need him as well? Oh no, he is busy sorting out the marital problem somewhere. He's busy counseling. When he comes, he's drained, completely drained. And others come on the members' meeting just to, with ammunition, loaded. They can't see the goods or the consolation brethren. The Lord sees and he knows what we go through and he will reward each one of us accordingly. Deacons will have great boldness like that of Stephen in saving the Lord. When you do it, with the strength that the Lord provides. When you depend on him, you will have that boldness of saving the Lord because you will be doing the right thing. Oh, sad to say that there are many people who do not want to save as deacons in the church. There are many people who don't want to save as deacons or as leaders in the church today. Even when they have manifested the qualifications of a leader, they don't want to. To save the Lord. They may advance flimsy reasons for not wanting to be part of the team. Or well, the underlying factor is that 
They are not refusing to save the church. They are refusing to save God who has endowed them with the spiritual gifts which they must use for the good of the church and for the advancement of his kingdom. They will meet him one day and explain why they could not save him in his church. Oh Well, let me conclude by saying the office of deacons is an office of service established for the good of the church to relieve the elders of the tasks of saving tables so that they can direct their energy to prayer and to the preaching of God's word. One appointed to this office should be willing to save the Lord under the guidance of the eldership, but ultimately to the glory and honor of the Lord. Amen.